Five things you can say to a Malay, but not a Chinese. Number one, can I borrow ten ringgit? I will not explain. Number two, Assalamu alaikum. Let me explain. <laughs> because uh, that might confuse a Chinese person. Have you ever said that to like, hey, Assalamu alaikum, bro, to like a Chinese person? As a Malay person, when I tried doing that, like, they look really stunned and uncomfortable. <laughs> but at the same time, they smile anyway. You know that uncomfortable smile? <laughs> it's really, it's damn funny. And if you're a Chinese and you try to say that to another Chinese, <laughs> you'll either get like a discomfort, they'll, be, they'll do the same thing, like smile and look uncomfortable. Or if they're like one of those like ballsy chinapeks, They'll say, hey, your head last. <laughs> Who you fooling? You think you what? Huh? Who you are, huh? You Chinese? Number three. As your child, I want you to support my dream. It's your dream to become accountant. <laughs> Uh, disclaimer, so I uh, found out that this stereotype is not necessarily true anymore. Apparently, Chinese people are very are more supportive of their children who want to support like uh, unconventional careers. Like you no longer have to be a doctor, a lawyer or engineer. Because apparently now Chinese parents are super open to you trying things that don't require degrees such as F&B, real estate, or whatever, like event management business. All they care about in the end is the money. How much money? You know, whether or not you're secure or safe. Now, I think uh, it's a step in the right direction. Like, it's good. La, la, la. Let your child figure it out while encouraging them to be like financially secure but at the same time you know we can go a bit further like uh, there's a lot of things I don't support the Kwailos on but one thing I like about the Kwailos is uh, oh, uh, for those who don't know Kwailo is white people but one thing I like about the Kwailos is like they let their children figure it out man and if you die in the drain in the Long Kang I mean <laughs> because you don't have financial like backing or stability like that's just part of the process alright things you can say to a Malay but not a Chinese number four sayang I would like a third child factory close already yeah? you don't play play <laughs> you bring back more money first you focus <laughs> I will not explain Mm. Things you can say to a Malay But not a Chinese Number 5 Can I marry your 15 year old daughter? I will not explain Hey, it's your boy Harithja And this is the Harithja Podcast Episode 26 Welcome, welcome I hope you're having a wonderful morning On your drive to work So buckle up uh, drive, sit back, relax And let's listen to some bullshit For the next half an hour 
And in the end, I'll try and make it a bit of productiveness by uh, giving you some news about some foreign countries so we can all take something away from this podcast. To start, you know, I was kind of shitting on Chinese people earlier, so I thought I could shit on Malay people for a while. And, uh, you know... Maybe I touched upon this topic in this podcast previously, but I just want to talk about how Malay people swear. And I always thought, like, the way Malay people swear is so cool, it's so funny. But to some extent, it can also be very stupid. And, um, hold on, I dropped something. <laughs> and this is what, uh, this is what I mean, okay? So... Like when Malays get angry and then they start swearing, it sounds something like this. <laughs> you see, I can't do that with a straight face. Whenever I hear Malay go on their mode. Um okay, so when I say mode, like just the Malay mode. It's like, you know how the like the cowboy Southern American accent. Yeah, yeah, tell your hands. I can't do it. <laughs> Let me hold on. Let me try. What the hell? Then we're taking our jobs. So that's like South American modes, right? When Indians or like Bangladeshis, like my father, get angry, they'll sound like I tell you. It sounds like uh, more funny and less cool in my opinion. The Chinese one, it depends. Like the Cantonese anger, swearing sounds really funny. Like 100% funny and like 0% cool in my opinion. (laughs) But the Malay one to me, mm, it sounds cool. It sounds cool. It's like, you know, when black people get angry and it's like they're going to fucking kill you. That's like 100% cool. But like the Malay people, it's like a good balance. Like 50% funny, 50% like funny sounding and 50% cool. But there's some aspects to it that I find just dumb. It's like Malay people love making references to your parents. Maybe this is not a a trait specific to Malay people, but this is something they do a lot. Like, let's say you say something really dumb, okay? Like, I don't know. Fuck, am I so smart? I can't think of a dumb thing to say. (laughs) Aha! Okay, I thought of something dumb to say. Mm, Everyone in this world is equal. Ah, that's really dumb. Say that to a Malay guy and then he might say, Eh, ma'angkau lah. They'll just say, hey, your mom. <laughs> that is like, a, for a lot of Malay people, the default response to hearing something dumb. They just say, in Malay, your mother. <laughs> and sometimes your father. So that's something you can try if you're not a native Malay speaker. Someone comes and says something dumb to you like socialism works. Hey, your mom. <laughs> so here's another really stupid thing Malay people say. 
uh, I was like working near a school one time, and I was there was some kids hanging around, and then there was this like um, teenager who was just going on Malay mode with her friends. Uh, she was like going, oh, and then her friend was like, and then suddenly the the one of them goes, oh, nanti aku sepak kau. Which means, <laughs> which means, hey, screw you! I'm gonna kick your shit. <laughs> what? So it makes no sense, obviously. But I'm going to kick your shit. Like, how creative is that? And now, recently, I've heard like I'm going to kick your mother's shit. <laughs> So please, please, guys, please, I beg you, if you have a friend that suddenly says something really stupid, just can you like threaten to kick their shit in whatever language and then like just tell me about their reaction. Send me a WhatsApp, Instagram, email me at harithjeofficial.com. I would love to find out about like what kind of responses you get. And if possible, maybe teach me how to say it in your native language. I'm super interested in finding out how to say, I'm going to kick your mother's shit uh, in Chinese or Indian, uh, sorry, Tamil or Telugu or Punjabi, whatever it may be, Japanese, Korean, uh, Arabic. Oh, I would love to learn to say that in Arabic. All right, moving on. I used to date this Japanese girl. Not a flex. Not a flex. So she was really cute. But um, there was one of those things um, I found out about her that like really scared me. It shocked me. So I was just going through her Twitter for fun. <laughs> not some stalker shit. Not some audit shit. Although that being said, guys, hold on. If you are going to date a girl for longer than the short term. So I recommend this for, for the medium to long term. Just go through her social media with her. So like it's technically not stalking or anything like everything with her consent. Tell her if there's something you're not comfortable with me seeing, you can either delete it now or when we're kind of getting near there, you can take the phone and kind of scroll over it. So, one of the things she tweeted was, Oh my God, I love Godzilla. Godzilla is so cute. But um, it was in Japanese. So, um, what was actually tweeted was, Takamoko watani yamanshite, oh my kawaii Disclaimer, not actually Japanese. All right. So she was. I was like, "What the fuck? Why would you say that about Godzilla? Isn't Godzilla like the destroyer of human civilizations? Doesn't that thing go around like destroying buildings and like zapping people with the mouth laser? Yeah, just everything that humanity stands for. Godzilla is the exact opposite, right? Like, like." Godzilla just kills humans like why why Ultraman has fought so hard Ultraman has fought so hard to protect us from Godzilla and so have the Power Rangers so like Ultraman and Power Rangers are like aren't aren't they like native Japanese fighters 
<laughs> so like, why are you so obsessed with Godzilla? And then she said, no, no, you don't understand. Uh, I don't do a good Japanese accent, so I'm just going to drop it. <clears throat> she, she, said, she said, like, you don't understand. In Japan, like, uh, loving Godzilla is a popular thing. And, like, when I found out about it, I was shook because it's true. Because uh, apparently Godzilla, there's like a cult following in Japan whereby like they start from fucking like mangas, right? And then they just like make Godzilla seem cute with cute movements. You see Godzilla as a baby and apparently it's like a little puppy kind of thing. And then like it kind of moves, twitches its nose in a cute way. And apparently we were the ones who created Godzilla. Godzilla is supposed to be like very sweet and kind. But as I th- if I'm not mistaken, Godzilla came about from like a mutation. And then it here exists this supposed cute, adorable, kind thing. And then humanity just fucks with it. And then it just kind of gets angry and starts destroying shit. And... A lot of the Japanese are like, yeah, that'll make sense. <laughs> we are fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's an interesting thing about Godzilla. Oh, I've been recently, recently, I gotta work on my pronunciation since I'm gonna start doing this like properly, right? But yes, I've recently been thinking about my friend who became a banker. Now, this guy is the coolest guy you can think of. When I say cool, I don't mean like he's chill. When I say cool, he's the kind of guy you, everyone wants to be friends with. Almost nobody hates. He's like, hey, what's up, man? Oh, my brother, you look so good. I haven't seen you in a long time. How are you, man? Have you lost weight? Have you lost weight? Oh, you lost weight, man. Oh, and I love the haircut too. He's, he's that kind of guy that you just can't hate. Fun at parties, loves to drink irresponsibly. (laughs) Is that a positive? I'm not sure. (laughs) But he's that guy and this guy is super into socialism. And I'm far from a socialist. I'm like free market. Yay. I'm like, uh, you know, freedom, freedom of the individual. We shouldn't like give people things for free. And he, in the way he thought, he was the exact opposite of me. And he was just talking about, man, I wish um, like the perfect way civilization would run is that we would just take care of everyone's needs because we can. There's plenty to go around. And people should spend their time doing things they are truly passionate about. You know, just spend your day. If you like podcasting like me, just do this full time and don't worry about anything else. If you like drawing, do that. If you like playing online games, do that. If you love watching or playing football, do that. If you like painting, do that. Whatever it is, just do things and produce things that you want. And I and I asked him, like, does that make any economic sense? Don't you think civilization would just be destroyed? And he said, no. He said... If people were really left to be able to pursue whatever their passions were, humanity would be fine and in fact we would be in a much better place. Of course I don't agree with him. But the thing that impressed me was how how he how much he believed in what he thought about 
being able to pursue whatever you want. And recently, that kind of idea has intrigued me. It's the reason I left law. It's because I want to, like, I, I could have become a lawyer, but I didn't because I just want to spend my days exactly how I want. I don't want a boss. So I've been kind of like thinking about what he said. But then like it just striked me, right? This motherfucker became a banker. Fucking banker. You know what banks do, guys? They kind of make you a slave to your salary. Because you go to a bank when you want to like buy a house they loan you the money when you want to buy a car and nobody I mean most people can't afford that shit without a loan so they get the thingy up front and then they have to tie themselves to a job and more often than not that job is not something they want to do so this guy who advocates so much about freedom works for a fucking bank i don't know what the point of this rant is right uh, there's no fucking point but like i swear every time i come across these type of like socialists they they just disappoint me with their conduct they just talk one way about living life but then like they go around it and like live a very capitalistic life and i just think it's so bullshit and here's the thing People I know who are like very free market, like you don't deserve anything in this world. You must work for everything you earn. These kind of people tend to live the freest lives of all. They tend to live the most like socialist life almost. Like the people I know who are super successful are super charitable. They take care of people, own businesses, provide jobs, that kind of thing. So everything's fucking topsy-turvy and I have no idea what to do with these socialist fucks anymore. It's like... It's just really confusing. And then that got me into thinking about Tibetan monks. You know, those guys who wear the orange <laughs> orange robes, kind of shave their head, look like Aang from Avatar. <laughs> okay, those guys in the Tibetan mountains are supposedly the happiest people on earth. Hold on, I want to pull up some research to check if this is true. Okay, I'm back and I've just been doing some reading. So in terms of countries, like the area of Tibet, which is in China, like you can't say China is the happiest place in the world because people are fucking jumping off buildings, <laughs> jumping off buildings, making iPhones for people. Fuck, I should have laughed. That was so dark. But the point is, when I looked into whether monks were happier than the average person, then yeah, they are indeed happier and calmer people. I got this from cheatsheet.com. Looks trustable and apparently monks' brains are different as well, more conducive to happiness and like um, just being content with life. So there are guys up there in freezing cold conditions where almost nothing grows who are just happy sitting around all day and meditating I don't know, fucking riding their, uh, what do they write? Yaks. <laughs> they don't own anything except maybe some clothes. But yet they're supposed to be so fucking happy, right? Which is in, an interesting thought because, you know, the only, the only thing that really worries me financially is like medical emergencies. Like, what if I had some kind of life-threatening cancer or AIDS or something that'll kill me in a few months? Like, the only reason I honestly want a lot of money is to just make sure that I can get the best medical care for myself and my loved ones. 
So I'm sat here wondering, yeah. So these monks, when they get cancer or diabetes or some really fucked up medical condition, there's no hospital anywhere or there's no access to like top medical services that can help them get better. Are they just like, can you still be happy suffering for months and years on end in like a life ending disease? Which, let's face it, that's how we don't get eaten by lions anymore. We don't get stabbed by the sword. Most of us are going to die of not necessarily old age because old age doesn't kill you. It's disease that kills you. So if you're up there in the mountains, you're gonna. there's a good chance you're going to die of some disease. It's probably not a heart attack because you're a vegetarian. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It's probably cancer, I guess. And that doesn't sound pleasant at all. But that being said, if I had to guess, I'm just guessing, yeah, they just die in a lot of pain and happy. I, th- I imagine you could have a life-ending sickness and still be happy. I don't know. You're suffering, but I guess that's just part of life. Yeah, now that I think about it, even if you're rich and you have a lot of money, all the money in the world can't save you from dying of some kind of disease. It's very few of us, apparently who are lucky enough to be able to die in bed, smiling, cuddling next to your loved one who wakes up wrapped in your dead arms. Fuck. (laughs) In that moment, I don't know whether to be more scared or sad. (laughs) Oh, damn. Why am I laughing at all the dark things? Okay. But yeah, like, like, hmm, you know, thinking about all this sometimes, like I fantasize about just doing that, running away to some mountain and living out the rest of my life happy. But I don't know, I don't think I could do that to my loved ones and just disappear. But here's the wonderful thing about thinking about that kind of thing. Like when I know that there are people in the world who have nothing and can be happy, all the pressure on me to become financially successful is gone. Like, I just don't need that anymore. I don't need it. I have the basic things I need to live a very comfortable life, to go on dates and all that. When when and if, if and when, like, I ever get a child, I need to provide for that, I can do that comfortably. <clears throat> but, and... I might even have to struggle to do it. I can always get a job again, leave the business, but there's some beauty in knowing that I don't need things to be happy. I I don't need career status to be happy. I just want to spend the time with people I love and do the things I love. Like this podcasting, it might not be the best in the world, but I genuinely enjoy sitting here and talking shit to you guys for half an hour, three to five times a week. And... You know, if you're enjoying this journey with me, thank you so much. Cheers to you. That being said, I had a thought about rappers and like, I wonder if they're very insecure because everything about, not everything, but a lot of their songs, right? It's all about like bravado. Yeah, I got the wheels. Oh, I fucked your chick. Oh, busted in her mouth. Oh, I got Rex on my plate. Oh. Like that kind of thing. So Rex is how rappers say like a thousand dollars. Yeah. And wow, a lot of it's just so materialistic. Like I just wonder like, do, ooh, I'm going to sound like a salty poor person, but hear me out. Like are these people 
to these people, are, th- are these the things that make your life fulfilled? I love rap music. I just did the Spotify thingy where they review your entire year and shit. And all of my music is rap, but I'm just so happy I haven't let them influence me. You know, I just love saying things like, I got your hole in my house. But like, I don't actually want your hole in my house. (laughs) I don't need the Lambo or anything. I genuinely mean that. But yeah, it's just an interesting thought about rappers. Okay. So I had, I'm going to continue the email thingy. Uh, Three days ago, I had a listener send in an email and like it was so long that I couldn't address it in all one podcast. And today I believe I'm on 0.5 or 6. And she asked how to not spend all like seven L's here. How not to spend all of your money on useless things on Lazada. <clears throat> if you don't want to spend all your money on Lazada, go on Shopee. Okay, thank you very much. That's the podcast. I'm kidding, guys. Okay. So like everything else, I think this is just uh, another addiction. And being a guy with an addictive personality... I don't know how to take things in moderation. I tend to binge, whether it be cigarettes, uh, things I shouldn't drink. Um, TV shows especially is a big one for me. And the way it is, right, it's like your brain just goes on autopilot. There's like this demon inside you that possesses you, takes control of you, and you just got to keep going. And I think online shopping, although I don't have that addiction, is just like that. It's just like you just can't, you just go on autopilot and you just click, 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 click. And oh my God, what? I don't know why I'm getting this difficult question because I have no idea what to do about it because I struggle. I struggle with different addictions and sorry, lady, I can't help you. But le- let me tell you one thing I've done in the past that has helped me get over past addictions. And for me, that used to be when I was younger, porn. And the way I would get over things like this is you know if you let yourself fall to the bottom or near the bottom you'll feel like so shit and you will feel you'll have so much self-loathing that you're forced to change so let's say i don't know your addiction is fucking um alcohol yeah so if you allow yourself oh i don't know <laughs> i was going to say if just let yourself like hit rock bottom and then work your way from there but I don't want anyone to take the advice and go on a drinking binge and say Aris your podcast told me to drink (laughs) but that's how I deal with it so let's say there's a TV show right I would just watch it watch it till the end hate myself and hate myself so much that The pain of hating myself is uh, greater than the pleasure of watching it and then I can stop. But that's just me. I don't think that was helpful. So I'm going to move on. She also asked, um, Asians were brought up with the idea of buying a house equals happiness. Thoughts? Ooh, wasn't I just talking about this? are Asian are Asians brought up with this idea? I think it's safe to say the majority of us are brought up with this idea. And to that, I say, fuck that. You don't need a house to be happy. You just need to feel safe enough. You need to be around people you love. If you like being a loner, <laughs> fuck all the people and just be alone. 
you need to spend time doing exactly what you want and finding meaning exactly in the way you want even though you decide oh maybe there's no meaning i don't need any meaning the thing you should in my opinion if you want happiness to steer very clear from is like some kind of job situation where you dread waking up excuse me had some coke where you dread waking up every day and going to work where you spend the majority of your time as a cog in the machine yep so even if you have to pay the bills just work a basic job and then spend the rest of it exactly how you want to live you only have one life that being said a house does give you does give you some sort of protection it's an asset but then again you're going to a bank who's going to loan you money for the house and then if the loan's too big you're going to be tied down to some job just to pay that loan which sounds terrible so no a house does not equal happiness all right i thought that was productive today we are going to do asean news singapore and we've got some good ones here uh, for new listeners, I always do an ASEAN segment at the end where I just pick a random ASEAN country in Southeast Asia and read you some interesting news from that country. This article is from the New York Times, published uh, 2nd December 2020, which was yesterday. The title reads, Singapore approves a lab-grown meat product. Whoa, a global first. The approval of a U.S. startup's cultured chicken product is a small victory for the nascent laboratory meat industry. Less clear is whether other countries will follow. Goddamn. So you can get like lab chicken meat now. And I'm looking at a picture of it. And it it's like there's some meat, some asparagus, tomatoes, and that dish looks delicious. It doesn't look that different from like normal chicken. Okay. So you can eat fake chicken in uh, Singapore now. Let me read a bit from it. First, meat came from farms and forests. Then it came from factories. More recently, entrepreneurs have been making it from plants. Whoa, it's made from plants? Wait. Okay. Some have wondered whether there's a more advanced approach. Could meat be grown in a laboratory for from exi- existing cells? That effort has faced multiple challenges from skepticism over something that comes from a lab to questions about what governments might think. The nascent laboratory meat industry won a small victory Wednesday on that last point as an American startup became the first to win government approval. In this case, an announcement by the city-state of Singapore to sell the fruit of its labs to the public in the form of cultured chicken. The company Eat Just is based in San Francisco and describes its product as real, high-quality meat created directly from animal cells for safe human consumption. Singapore's food agency said on Wednesday that it had approved the product for sale as an ingredient in chicken nuggets. Okay! So they just take chicken cells and make more meat, and now it's in nuggets. Okay, you know what? I'm so down for that. I would... I would like it if I could get meat without killing an animal. And it's why I struggle with like veganism. Like I'm on and off based on the information I have. But it's just that aspect of it, having to kill something to eat it. So if I can get meat without killing anything, I am all for it. Super happy about that. Okay. 
The next article is from this very reputable outlet called World of Buzz, published 25th November. 30-year-old Singaporean woman gets locked out of her house by abusive father if she is not back by 7pm. Where you go? Where you go? You go out, do the bad things, you come home by 7 or you don't come home at all. It reads... A 30-year-old woman from Singapore would allegedly get locked out of her home by her father if she did not return home by 7pm. Even if she was late because she was held back at work, her father would scold her and her mother. And her mother would then have to beg her father to open her door. You please, please she your daughter, you let her in. You let her in, please she working. Oh my god, I keep dropping this thing. Hold on. According to Lian He Wan Bao, the situation has always been like this, even before the woman became a working adult. She said if she returned after 7pm and tried entering the door, she and her mother would be scolded by her father. God's sake, she's 30 now. She's, she needs to move out. That's it. She just needs to leave. But you know what? In Singapore, I think the houses cost like a fucking billion or something. So I get it. But you know what? I guess you could always rent. Yeah, just rent a place. Like no amount of no amount of money saving is worth living like this, in my opinion. To avoid uh, putting her mother through this every day, the woman would have to rush home before seven p.m. every night. And if she knew she would not make it back in time, she would inform her mother. Her mother would then monitor the situation. Goddamn, that sounds stressful. Monitor the situation and text her quickly. While to quickly enter while her father was occupied with other things or if he was out of the house god damn sometimes she would have to wait until 12am when her parents went to bed before returning home that's a stupid stressful situation alright the last wait alright ooh okay this one's about suicide I don't want to read it Again from World of Buzz, published fucking November 19th. Singaporean businessman wins millions of baht in lottery after repeatedly praying in the Thai temple. So baht meaning the Thai currency. Wow, he prayed and then he got money. Are those two things connected? Let's see. The lottery is a pure game of luck and there's no real tactic to it. Right? If it's your day, you can end up winning millions. And when it's not, well, that's why it's a fool game, fool's game to purely count on luck. However, it seems like this 48-year-old businessman from Singapore may have figured out the secret to winning big. The businessman YC struck lottery multiple times after praying at the Song Sawei Temple in Thailand. Remember that, guys? Song Sawei Temple. China Press reported that the exact amount YC won is unclear, but it is said to be reportedly millions of baht. Millions of baht is not a lot, a lot of money, right? Let's have a look. Uh, hmm, ring it to baht. Oh, it can still be a lot of money because one ringgit is about seven baht. So for context, let's do USD to baht. So one USD is 30 baht. Yeah, not that bad. Okay, where were we? YC, who has been living in Thailand for the past 20 years, came to know about the temple from his friends. 
which is what led him to which is what led him there to wish for a win at the lotteries i bet these monks are so sick of this shit like another one want to win the lottery huh these people don't pray for world hunger they don't they don't pray to end to to to, to f- they don't pray for world peace huh babies dying from aids they don't care they just want money the temple's abbot said the money donated will be used for the temple's restoration works and to repair what did he donate all of it fortunately yc isn't a man who forgets his roots and thus decided to donate 1 million baht to the temple which is about 134000 ringgit good on you my man good on you okay that's the podcast today thank you so much for listening uh, enjoy the rest of your day i will talk to you tomorrow bye bye There's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. I said certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet ass pussy. Make that put out game big. Woo! Yeah. 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 He's fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring the bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Beat it up. Get charge Extra large and extra hot Put this pussy right in your face Swipe your nose like a credit card Hop on top I wanna ride Uncle Piggle I don't know how to read it <laughs> Time me up Like I'm surprised Natural play Like a disguise Another duck That lit Mac truck Ride this little garage Make it scream I don't cook I'm clean But let me tell you Got this ring <laughs> Oh, <laughs>